everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the NFL Power Hour. Dominic and I are very, very glad to have you. Dominic, another great weekend of football. We'll get into the games and all that good stuff. First of all, uh, how are you and then you're getting any of your Christmas shopping done? Yeah, Christmas shopping. Boy, I'm a little late, but I am on it as we speak. But boy, the NFL season is just about to end in three weeks, William. Can you believe it? Honestly, Dom, I cannot. And I feel like we say the same thing every year. Uh, Let's waste no time and jump to some of the games that happened this weekend. Dom, I know I usually ship it over to you. I'm going to be a tad bit selfish here. There's a game I want to dissect, and it was the last game of Week 15 and the one that topped it off. The Seattle Seahawks, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, man, it was funny because this was, uh, I guess you can say, a decent game. Uh, throughout three quarters, and man, oh man, were there fireworks to end this football game. 17-10, to 10, Seattle has the ball, they're trying to get a touchdown, they're going to go for on fourth down, what happens? Uh, uh, Julak gets sacked on third down, great challenge by Sirianni, knee goes down, they have to kick a field goal, they set up for a field goal, 17-13, uh, okay, Philadelphia's going to get the ball back, they're going to run out the clock, get a field goal, probably get a touchdown to win the game, now uh, Seattle's defense bend but doesn't break, and then Drew Locke puts the team on his back, going almost the entire field, throwing an absolute dart to Smith and Jigba uh, on third down and 10. What a throw and what a catch. I, I watched that catch over and over in slow motion. A fingertip grab in, in you know, it was a little bit rainy that day uh, in Seattle, as it always is. And holy, like... Look, we'll talk about it from Philadelphia's point of view a little bit later on. But Seattle needed this game. You have a bunch of teams at 7-7. Seven and 6-8, seven. and eight, the season wouldn't have been over. But it would have been a very tough hill to climb. Credit Seattle for staying poised. And look, like, I've all, I don't want to say I've always been a fan of Drew Locke. But I've always thought Drew Locke still had something left in the tank. You know, I liked him in his days with Denver. Even though it didn't necessarily work out. Uh, and liked him in the sense that I saw the potential. And I still really feel he had a lot to give to the game of football. And in this game, he didn't look great, Dom, by any stretch of the imagination. But when the time mattered and when he needed to drive the football field and save the season for the Seahawks, he did exactly that. He nickel and dime when he needed to. He made smart reads. And, man, if I'm a Seahawks fan right now, I'm uh, I'm ecstatic because we saved the season. And uh, Philadelphia losing their third straight game. So much that I dissect in just this one game, Dom. But I think that's a quick recap for for you there huge win why Seattle comeback win and yeah I guess you can see they shocked the Philadelphia Eagles 20 to 17 huge shocker in Seattle the Seahawks take it 2017 and wow that post-game interview with Drew Locke if you don't like football if you don't like a comeback story I mean you couldn't get anything nicer than this guy feeling the emotions talking during the interview and explaining it you know how difficult it is to make it all the way to the top, you know, in the NFL. It's a, it's a sport like no other where you're constantly competing and you to, to get the position, which is quarterback, to become a quarterback in the NFL is an extremely difficult position. Not only is it a rare position to be extremely talented at, 
but just to get an opportunity. Drew Locke had it at one point. He lost it. And then out of nowhere, Geno Smith stole, I would say, his position because at first we all thought Drew Locke was going to be the future for at least one year in Seattle. But Geno last year snatched it away from him. And to see the guy get an opportunity again this year because of injuries, is it just goes to show you how a true professional Drew Locke is. And the game, basically the season, was on his shoulders. So this guy had to handle the pressure. And like you said, William, that pass was money. Money, money, money. In the conditions, under the situation, wow. Hats off to Drew Locke. He is the MVP in this football game because, like I said, that pass has to be done perfectly, and it was. But let's talk about also some amazing players in this football game. DK Metcalf. This guy is a monster. I know Seattle's only 7-7, but if ever they had a great quarterback, I mean, this team would probably be number one in the division because DK Metcalf with Jackson Smith Enigma, and then you add in a little sprinkle of Tyler Lockett, that's a pretty solid ride receiver core. And the team is built foundationally through the running game. So you never know with Seattle. With a great coach like Pete Carroll, you just don't know. One thing's for sure is they snatched this victory away from Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, you know, when I look at Jalen Hurts, why do I look at this guy and I think of a selfish player? And I know he's not selfish, and I know he's doing the best that he can, but I just don't like one like a one-man show. And this is what this team really has to rely on, is Jalen Hurts being a one-man show. Like, okay, granted, running back-wise, Do they really have a three down back? You can make an argument for DeAndre Swift. Yeah, but he's a bit small. If that guy gets like 25 balls or 25 carries a game, he might get injured halfway through the season. So they got to somehow mask it. But they mask it with Jalen Hurts trying to be just a one-man wrecking crew. And I only think that this is working for this guy because of his offensive line. If you put him under a poor offensive line, I just don't know how good Jalen Hurts would be. And yes, I'm talking down a potential MVP candidate, but I am i just don't like it. William, is it just me? What are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Do you like his style of play? Do you find that he tries to do it too much? Is he as good as Lamar Jackson? I know I said a lot there, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, he definitely did say a lot. There's a, there's a few things. Look, I love my traditional pocket quarterback. Um, and, you know, the idea of doing too much, I get it. I'm, I'm all for... Um, if I had to make a comp- all for a quarterback that does too much rather than doing too little, you know, he never gives up on a play uh, and you don't really see him, you know, going to a read and then throwing the ball away, which is like, I have to say, I, I compliment him for that. Um, so I kind of look at it a little bit differently in that regard, uh, in terms of, yeah, the word like him and something about it, his expression in the game just didn't seem all that good. It was like, he looked back to the sidelines. He, I, I feel like this team has a lack of leadership, Dom. And I said it last week. I feel like he could be a leader, um, but his demeanor on the football field just seems not co- coherent with his off the field. Because off the field, you know, you hear the stories about him being good in the locker room uh, and being a leader and being able to pump up his guys. But, you know, it's on the football field, right? When times are tough, when you're down by three with four minutes left and you have to run a two-minute drill, uh, when, uh, when, when the other team uses the ball back with two minutes left afterwards, then, you know, that's when you're going to see, uh, you know, true character. And I, I don't doubt his character, uh, but I think over the last few games, 
it's been so easy for Philadelphia up to this point that now that you know what has hit the fan for this Eagles team, I, I think that we've seen a lack of leadership on this team so far. It's easy to be a leader when the times are great and when you're crushing it and when you, you have three MVP candidates on your football team. But now that this team is, is you know, railing and losing three straight games at this point, I think you're starting to see the true colors of the Eagles. And honestly, they're, they're struggling now. And I would be worried if I'm an Eagles fan. I think you nailed it, uh, William. I think it's, it comes down to demeanor. And I think this guy right now, if I were to compare him to any other quarterbacks that I've seen that had the same kind of success, it's kind of Cam Newton. Cam Newton with the Carolina Panthers made all made it all the way to the Super Bowl. He had it all. But for whatever reason, when he came to his demeanor, when he started to lose, it's like, I don't know. I'm getting this bad vibe. That's That's all I'm saying. When a guy starts to pout too much, it's just like, dude, you're a professional. Get over it. So yeah. let's see where this leads us. But right now, if I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I am concerned. I mean, look, I'm still betting on the Eagles to win the division. They have an easy schedule. I mean, easy-ish with today's NFL. You never know. To end the season, the Cowboys lost against uh, against the Bills, which was a big, uh, big loss for them. So Philly should still win the division. But, you know, this is not a team that's made to win the division. This is a team that is made to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and I know Sirianni would agree with that. So, yes, hopefully they could definitely figure their stuff out uh, because this is a completely, completely different football team to that of what we saw three weeks ago. All right, Don, let's continue with the recaps. Let's go to a really interesting football game. The Minnesota Vikings versus the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday. Cincinnati takes this one late in overtime, 27 to 24. I thought this was a very interesting football game. Both teams right now needed this one bad, but Cincinnati just happened to take it. Now sitting at eight and six. Really eyeing for that wild card spot. Minnesota not out of it by any stretch, sitting at seven and seven. Nick Mullins really feeling it in this football game. Kind of like, you know, a lot of people would, would accuse him as being kind of like the donkey in this game. But I, I know I thought that he played decent enough. 26 for 33, 303 yards. But Jake Browning really showing up late in this football game. Yeah. Went for 29 for 42, 324 yards and two TDs. And, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals just won't go away. They yeah. just won't go away. And T. Higgins, you know, really yes. elevating his game with that injury to Jamar Chase, who separated his shoulder. Hopefully that he uh, finds a way to get healthy soon because that is a huge loss. Yes. But I don't know, man. T. Higgins is a number one ride receiver. And losing Chase, believe it or not, I, this might sound crazy, but I think – T. Higgins could just slide right in. And you got so much depth at that right receiver position. And the guy that I didn't give enough credit to was this Jake Browning guy. I, I just did not give him enough credit. I was wrong. I just didn't expect him to obviously take the mantle from Joe Burrow and, and to succeed the way that he has. So let's see what happens without Jamar Chase. But in this football game, Cincinnati found a way to claw back and score 21 points in the fourth quarter that's a team effort and a team effort usually you know if they could keep on winning all the way to the playoffs who knows because Cincinnati before the season you and I both thought as a team from head to toe it had the ingredients to make a playoff push now I don't know how much Jake Browning or how well he's gonna do in the playoffs usually you need a bit of experience but 
I'm liking William what I'm seeing. I mean, when you still get pass for 324 yards against a Minnesota D that has been lights out for the past like couple of weeks, I think this was probably the most impressive victory from Jake Browning. And he's had a few already, but this one specifically against a desperate Minnesota Vikings team in a playoff atmosphere. I'm sorry, but I, I'm going to have to start taking Cincinnati seriously uh, coming to the playoffs if they make it. What are your thoughts, William? Hey, just ask the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Dom. MVP candidate Carson Wentz goes down. That's the season. It's a wrap. Philly fans are crying left and right. Little did you know, Nick Foles comes in. Philly special wins the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and those Patriots. Anything can happen. It's football. It's any given Sunday. One even any given Saturday in this case. Uh, but it's possible, right? And, you know, this team, the reason I picked them to win the Super Bowl was, yes, primarily Joe Burrow, but they also have great receivers, a good underrated defense, and Joe Mixon is feeling himself right now, which is what I like. They really need to get him going, and they did. Unfortunately, it looks like Chase is going to miss at least a week, maybe more time. The key for me, this team has been getting Mixon going a little bit more, but yeah, uh, Dom, Jake Browning has looked good. He's looked the part, and this is another game that really heated up late in the game, and you know they clutched up. T. Higgins, uh, you know, come away with, the, with that big, big catch and extending his long arms past the goal line. When you got a team that has nothing to lose, Dom, and that, that's believing in themselves, they're dangerous. And like I said, 2017 Eagles, can't forget about them. Absolutely, William. I mean, Cincinnati right now are building a nice little push right before the playoffs. I'm telling you, I've said it from the, like, what, five weeks ago, the more that I'm feeling this playoff coming along the more i'm feeling it's going to be some huge upset that could potentially win the super bowl and whoever is writing the hot ticket going in look out because they could be the one to take it all definitely dominic and one team that has their eyes set on the super bowl is a team first team in the nfl to clinch their division nfc west champ san francisco 49ers beat the Cardinals 45-29. to 29. If you had Christian McCaffrey in your fantasy team, uh, you were like a kid on Christmas morning because he went bananas. Man, this team is good, Dom. The 49ers, we talked about who's the best team in the league, who's the best team in the NFL. Um, and yeah, it was... <laughs> it, over the last two weeks, it's definitely been the 49ers. They're number one in the power rankings. And yeah, to put up 49, 45 points in this game was impressive. They got everyone the ball. And you were looking at the the, the receivers open in this game. They were there was not receivers within a quite a few. Debo Samuel touchdown, no one within 10 yards of him. When a Christian McCaffrey's touchdown, he had time to catch the ball, get up, take a sip of coffee, whilst in the end zone. The playmaking has been very uh, impressive for this 49ers team, as to be expected. And yeah, they clinched the NFC West, Dom, and they uh, punch uh punch their ticket to the division champs, and they put up 45 points over the Arizona Cardinals. The best team in the NFL, bar none, is the San Francisco 49ers. Everyone will tell you Cal Shanahan is running a, a clinic against his opponents. He is just on it on every single play. He seems to have his opponents read like there's like no tomorrow. So in my mind right now, it just seems too good to be true to anoint I could anoint San Francisco the Super Bowl champions. It's just they're a league ahead of everybody else. They're just that good. But, you know, this is the NFL. Well, one it only takes one game to get bounced out. I don't know what kind of ingredients will, will it take. Maybe it'll be a key injury. Remember, San Francisco last year, it only took Brock Purdy to go down, and they were done. I don't know if Sam Darnold 
could lift the torch and be as good as Brock Purdy? I'm going to say no. Granted, Brock is playing healthy. We don't expect anything bad to happen to him. But I just, I'm looking at the San Francisco team. It just, it seems too good to be true because I don't remember a team being ahead of the competition and this team has lost a couple of games but it's like recently like you said william yeah. this team is just darn too good and they made again the best additions at the trade deadline it seems you know they shore up even more with that defense bringing in chase young ah i love this football team but sometimes william when you like a football team so much it seems like it just won't be uh them winning it but if i had to pick someone if i had to put some money on a team right now is San Francisco. Uh, Christian McCaffrey it might be the best player in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, he is just, it seems like every hit he takes, sometimes you're like, oh, is he going to get up? Yep, he gets up. And this guy's just a machine, William. He's a machine. Yeah. In this football game, 18 carries, 115 yards, one TD. Also, five receptions, leading his team in yardage two with 72 yards and two TDs. You said it. He was a machine for fantasy football, and he knocked me out in my fantasy football league. Uh, but granted, hey, I mean, I love getting a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who's got so much talent beating me. I mean, hats off to him and whoever drafted him, because they deserve every single point. This team is sick. They take this football game 45-29. to 29. They are definitely riding hot. It'll be tough to stop those 49ers. Good luck to opposing teams. All right, Dom, let's continue to recap week 15 in the NFL. Let's go with an underdog story here. The Chicago Bears versus the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns are making noise in the NFL. It's been a while that we haven't heard that. They took this football game 20-17 in a little comeback by old man Joe Flacco. Who would have thought old man Flacco still had some game left in him? And in this football game, it was pretty much the Bears for the very get-go. You know, you had a huge defensive effort from Chicago. I think in the last couple of weeks, you got the number one and number two defense playing each other here. Uh, Chicago has been just outstanding in the last couple of weeks. But unfortunately, offensively, in this football game, it was a disaster late. But let's focus on the positives. Joe Flacco. You know, his stats here are quite amazing at his age. 28 for 44, 374 yards, two TDs, three picks. Yes, he did three throw three picks. Some of them were not his fault. And one of them technically was, but he went for a pass, which is what I like to see when you're rather than being scared. Sometimes you just got to let it go. And if it gets picked off, so be it. It happened to him, but he got the ball back and he was able to put it together and win it late. Man, Joe Flacco. And how is he doing this, William? You think he is doing this with his experience by buying time. Sometimes you see a guy like currently, let's talk about Jalen Hurts, for example. Let's mm -hmm. compare J uh, Joe Flacco to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Obviously, two complete opposite quarterbacks. Yet, what Joe Flacco does is that he's able to be just a bit more patient. And yes, that is unfortunately difficult to do because you're probably going to get destroyed by somebody. <laughs> You know, Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, he's like, I don't want to get destroyed. I got speed with my legs. See you later. I'm going to run. The problem is with that is that I believe that you can obviously get a lot more yardage with the throw than with your legs. And you can obviously affect the game, in my opinion, a lot better 
by being, as you said, more of a pocket kind of quarterback. Granted, we don't see them that much these days. They seem to be dying off in the NFL. Or unfortunately, there just hasn't been a good crop of quarterbacks that we haven't seen. And I'm going to say almost like 10 years. It's been that long. Pat Mahomes is probably the sole exception that he's in a league uh, in in itself. So back to Flacco here. Flacco just, his ability to find late in the game, David Njoku was bar none. Yeah, unbelievable. Football, fantastic football. Granted, Njoku has to make these plays too, right? But yeah. we talked about it a few re- uh, weeks ago. How is Cleveland going to win football games? They have to feed David Njoku, and they figured it out. This guy has been a star on this football team. Unfortunately, with the coaching staff, for whatever reason, or obviously this is a running football team, and sometimes quarterbacks and tight ends, they just don't have chemistry. One thing for sure is Joe Flacco has immense chemistry with David Njoku. And sprinkle in a couple plays with Amari Cooper here and there. Yeah. This team, William, could very well shock, at least in the first round, anybody. That defense will keep this team in football games. It's all about old man Flacco to have the confidence and the ability to believe in himself like he did as a Baltimore Raven and picked up a Super Bowl ring as a result. Remember, it's very hard to win the Super Bowl. But once you've gone through the journey, that's the hardest element to pick up is that journey. And Joe Flacco has it. And the Cleveland Browns right now are sitting at 9-5. and five. Dare I say, if whoever's facing them, I would not. This is not the team that I would want to see week one in the playoffs and that's if they make the playoffs but something tells me they're going to make it they took this football game 20 to 17 yeah you know it's quite remarkable when you think about to everything that happened in this football game but i'm really glad that you mentioned david and joku honestly he's one of the more underrated players in the league and you think about him and his journey he demanded to be traded twice uh his time in cleveland was just about you know over uh and you know Nothing happened. Didn't find a trade partner. He didn't seem too happy about that. He stayed. And he's been the heart and soul of, you know, honestly, this run of this football team. 10 catches in this game, over 100 yards. And like you said, play the game is that he was third and 14. Flacco, like you mentioned, on patience, waiting in the pocket, waiting, waiting, and then just floating it over one of the linebackers there for the Bears. And Njoku catching it and getting a bunch of yak. I saw a side. He has the most yak of tight ends uh, in the NFL on the year, does Njoku. And something about this football team, and I mean, like it's not even Amari Cooper balling out left and right. Obviously, they have no Nick Chubb. And you look at this team, the most decimated team in the NFL by injuries, yet they sit at 9-5, they're in a wild card spot, and it's pretty remarkable to see how well this team has done. Obviously, their defense is doing a heck of a job, led by Miles Garrett, um, and this is spectacular. You know, I come back here for them because it didn't look, look good. They were down by 7, the uh, Bears had the ball, uh, they ended up uh, forcing a punt, did the Cleveland Browns, they got the ball back and they scored, and then were able to uh, to seal the victory there. A really good and exciting game in that one, and uh, that was a fun one. So yes, I, you know, it's crazy to think about it with the, with everything that's gone uh, gone wrong for Cleveland in terms of the health department that I, I don't think you want to play this team. And, you know, this team will play in their first game on the road because it doesn't look like they're going to win the division. Uh, but when you play a team that's hot, Dom, has a good defense and a veteran quarterback, it's exciting to see a very good quarterback there and story in Joe Flacco. That was a tight game. A game that was supposed to be tight and wasn't. Potential game of the week, the Cowboys and the Bills. 
Shout out to my boy Terry and Jeff, two Cowboys fans. They went to this game. They were all excited. And oh man, oh man, were there or their hearts broken. This game was over before it started. This is a few weeks now. We see James Cook bringing in his inner Walter Payton. Like, he was incredible. I was watching this game with a few buddies, and they're like, what the heck is going on? Like, James Cook look, looks like Caffrey. He was incredible. And, Dom, you know, you'd mentioned the fact they got to get the run game going, the Buffalo Bills. They did exactly that in this football game. And not only that, they were able to get in the ball out of the backfield in the passing game. A huge win by the Bills. A statement win by the Bills. And they take this game by a lot over the boys. And really, you can say, shock the NFL world after Dallas was really hot. Uh, you know, it's tough to win in uh, Bills Mafia. And they showed that in a huge win by the Bills. They improved to 8-6. and six, And they're still fighting for the AFC East. You know, Sean McDermott is a great coach in December. And if you look at his record, I think now he's going to be 16-2 and two in the last couple of years in December. That is good coaching. And Mike McCarthy is a great coach too. So this is not a fluke whatsoever, folks. But you said it, William. The running game. The running game. Where has the running game been in Buffalo? I thought it was going to be resurrected with Leonard Fournette. But yeah. looks like he's going to be in an insurance policy. Because James <laughs> Cook right now is driving this team forward in the right direction. But it's also the play calling to actually mix it at the right time. They're doing it in all sorts of ways. They ran it 49 times in this football game. Granted, they had the, the lead at one point. Pretty much... Uh, what, it was a 21 to 3 at halftime. So, you know, when you got that good of a lead, yeah, you can milk that clock. And that's exactly what they did. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, having one of those games where, you know, this is the Dak Prescott that I've seen many times before. Yeah. We hadn't seen him performing this bad in a while. So I'll give him a, a pass because, you know, I, I do believe Dallas has been playing a lot better football as of late. But sometimes you just run into a team that is so desperate to win at home, and it's just a nightmare of a result. And that's what they did. They hit a wall called the Buffalo Bills. You know, Buffalo's coaching staff right now are doing it well for once, you know, for once, because, you know, we've been knocking Sean McDermott here and there in the yeah. past because yeah. he hasn't been running the football, I and mean, he's letting Josh Allen kind of, like, run with his head cut off. But now he's reeled them in this year. I think it's been successful. And right now all they got to do is ride this nice wave of victories to the playoffs, and Buffalo will be a contender with Miami. Those are my two front runners right now in the AFC. Uh, I do love what I see in Buffalo, and I do love what I see in Miami. But the Bills take the Bills take this football game, thirty-one to ten. I love that, Dominic. And you know, we talk about the running game and Josh Allen not having to do it all. Josh Allen had seven completions in this game. Seven. If you had told me he had seven uh, completions in the game, I said, "Yeah, this game was thirty-one to ten for the Dallas Cowboys." Nah, the Buffalo Bills, like you said coached a masterpiece there by McDermott. And, you know, this game was just never close. And I'm not sure, Dom, I'm not sure I give the Dallas Cowboys a pass, man, only because this is the same Cowboys team and look we've seen come playoff time. And, okay, yes, I know it's not playoffs, and I know they already clinched the playoffs, but this team is too good to have games like this. And I get it. Teams have games like this week in and week out. And maybe that because this is Dallas Cowboys and, you know, their past, uh, you know, precedes them. And it's hard for them to let go of that or for fans and media uh, or guys like you and I who have a show to let go of stuff like that. But it just it, it seems so uh 
I guess rough from the get-go for this team. It was it was like pulling teeth to get this team to to gain yards. It wasn't smooth whatsoever. Um, and I just really hope we don't see that from this team uh, um, later on in the season in the playoffs. They got the Dolphins coming up on Christmas Eve. That's going to be a big test from them. But if I'm a Cowboys fan, look, I'm happy we punched a ticket to the playoffs because of what happened earlier uh, throughout the weekend. Look, I do think that Dallas is still a contender, but you know they, they just weren't competitive. And I, you know, losing a football game is one thing. And at the end of the day, the score doesn't make a difference if you lose by one or 101. But you know, you they got walked all over, and it was it was embarrassing, really. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're embarrassed. Uh, watching this football game because they were never close. Their offense looked out of it. Their defense looked out of it. Defense was supposed to be their calling card. Michael Parsons didn't look good. He did not make an impact. Mind you, he was ill. He was double teamed. But still, if uh, if you're Dallas, you're going to have to have a bounce back game in Miami. And yeah, Buffalo, you don't want to play this Buffalo Bills team right now. Crazy thing that right now they're actually outside of a playoff spot. However, uh, they have two easy-ish games coming up. So they should be, find themselves in the playoffs when everything is all said and done. Big win by Buffalo. Statement game. They beat the Cowboys by three touchdowns. Uh, let's continue on with those recaps. Yeah, let's talk about a very important game that I think might go a long way. It's the Houston Texans versus mm. the Tennessee Titans. Wow. I thought at one point Houston was going to lose this football game. And somehow Case Keenum yeah. found a way to bring it home. Houston takes it 1916 because this is the type of team that's going to be battling with Cincinnati, battling with Buffalo. And I just, I feel that Houston deserves to make it this year. I really do. I think that, you know, CJ Stroud has been playing such great football. And yeah, he's in concussion protocol right now, but, you know, they can't afford like anybody else to lose any football games. So how do they do it? You know, they brought in Devin Singletary, folks. Yes, Singletary, 26 carries, 121 yards. Who would have thought that these Houston Texans could not only do it through the air, but seems like they could do it with the running game as well, which to me, I'm very impressed because they did this in Tennessee. That's a hard place to play in. Tennessee's very loud. Clearly, they found a way to keep their, their calm, cool, and collective attitudes and deliver. And look at the receivers. Noah Brown, he came out of nowhere midseason. Eight yeah. receptions here, eight for 11 for 82 yards and one TD. The guy basically is saving this team as well. So this is an all-around effort. And unfortunately for Tennessee, we talked about them before. They packed it in a few weeks ago. But when I looked at Derrick Henry's stats, I was just so oh sad because this guy to me, you know, deserved a, a lot of a better ending in Tennessee. Granted, there's still a few more games to go, but, you know, running 16 carries for nine yards, averaging 0.6 yards a carry. That is brutal for a guy like Derrick Henry's stature. But I truly think that it's over in Tennessee and they're, we're going to see a huge changing of the guard for them. And that's Derrick Henry included. He will probably have a new home next year. But for the Houston Texans, just a huge victory. Now sitting at 8-6. and six. The sky's the limit for them. They just need a healthy C.J. Stroud. And who knows, they might punch their way into the playoffs. They take this football game 19-16. to 16. Yeah, right now Houston's sitting at 8-6. and six. Uh, They're one... It's pretty crazy. You got the Bengals, Colts, Texans, and Bills all at eight and six. Right now, holding on to the last playoff wildcard spot is those Indianapolis Colts. Houston right behind, uh, basically the eighth seed in the AFC, if you will, at this point. The Colts and Texans, 
play in the last game of the season. That could very well be for a wild card spot or the final wild card spot. I love the way football works out. But yes, gritty, gritty performance. I've always liked Case Keenum. Just something about him, the way he loves football. You got to feel like Houston sold this game, honestly. You know, they it was close, uh, and Tennessee had this game. Houston came back and gutted out the performance. Uh, beautiful field goal there at the, at the end, 54-yarder. Uh, look, right now, if you look at it, Houston is 8-6, and six, uh, and they got a good backup quarterback in Keenum. C.J. Stroud, we'll have to see what happens with him. Don't know necessarily uh, his status is up in the air for this past weekend, but still an incredible game, and like I said, it all really always does come down to the final week uh, of the uh, the NFL in many situations. And AFC South battle, who would have guessed that? So I love that. Uh, another game that had huge playoff implications, Dom. How about Baker Mayfield posting a perfect QBR against the Green Bay Packers? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into Lambeau Field. Not only do they win the game, Dom. Like I said, Baker Mayfield balls the heck out. And I think Green Bay to win this game. They did not. Tampa Bay came up victorious. They are still first in their expected division, the NFC South. But Baker's been so up and down this year. To see him have a game like this, Dom, is so impressive. One, I just still can't believe the the actually the only player uh, to go into Green Bay and not be a Packers quarterback and post a perfect QBR. He was slinging it dimes left and right. Evans, Godwin, Matt Evans is good, and they built such a good connection there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take it and uh, impressively, like I said, offense. Stevens playing a good game as well. A huge loss for the Packers. They now lose two straight. Big big win by those Bucks, and uh, they now sit. Continue their first place lead in the NFC South. This might be the most shocking storyline of last week's football season. I mean, like I, I'm looking at Baker Mayfield and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, who is Baker Mayfield? Is it the guy that we just saw going 22 yeah. for 28, 381 yards, or is it a guy that I've seen just throwing a pedestrian 200 yards a game and just finding a way to either be in a tight football game as of late? Or late in the game, I should say. I don't know. I don't know who the real Baker Mayfield is, is what I'm getting at. I, I just don't know. I want to be pumped for Bucks fans, but I'm not. I'm not because yeah. I just I just don't trust Mayfield. I'm shocked that the um, Green Bay in Green Bay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jordan Love went 29 for 39, 284 yards. This is a pretty decent stats. Two TDs, no picks. But in Baker, like you said, the chemistry with Mike Evans. I think... That might be what, if Tampa Bay is to make the playoffs, it's mm-hmm. going to be this Mayfield and Evans combination yeah. that literally opens the entire offense up. Because at any point, Mike Evans is still elite and can find a way to go deep. And obviously, as we said, if you could throw the ball deep with a great ride receiver consistently yeah you, know, you got you got something going for yourself and Tampa Bay's got that recipe and Rashad White White right now is running pretty darn well in Tampa Bay he's always got his ups and downs but uh really a big reception here you've got two receptions for 50 yards one for 26 yards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at seven and seven William this is this NFC South I still don't know who's gonna take it bananas I, think, I still think it's, it's the Saints I still think the Saints somehow Squeak it in. I just, I don't know how they're going to do it. I think these teams are, if not mistaken, are going to be meeting each other uh, late in the season. I think it's going to be, uh, as a matter of fact, in two weeks, that might be the game that uh, will decide who makes it and who doesn't. So yep. keep an eye on that. 
But Baker Mayfield, congratulations. You got a lot of people talking, got us talking. They take this football game, William, and rightfully deserve 34-20. to 20. Yeah, good call there, Dominic. They're going to be playing on New Year's Eve at Tampa Bay. That could very well be for the division. They also play at Atlanta. Excuse me. They host the Atlanta Falcons, do the New Orleans Saints last week of the regular season. Look, I said last week I think Atlanta's going to win the division. Nah, I'm done. I'm out of that. Ritter, he looked, you know, as poor as you advertised in the game against Carolina. Let's not get into that game too, too much. Uh, but, yeah, all that to say, big win by Tampa Bay. Godwin. 10 catches, a buck 55. Man, like we talked about Evans, it's so easy. I don't want to say to forget about Godwin, but oftentimes he does kind of hide under that, uh, I guess you can say under the shell of Mike Evans, just because how good of Mike Evans is. But man, oh man, don't you ever, ever forget about Chris Godwin. He had a great game in this one. And, uh, you know, you got to like, the San Bay team is fun. And, you know, something about Baker Mayfield reminds me of the old buck. Jameis Winston, is he up? Is he down? Maybe he's both at the same time. He could be throwing three touchdowns in the game and three picks and still find a way to win and or lose a game. It's fun. Look, one thing's for certain. If you're a Bucks fan, you cannot say it's been an enter. You cannot say it's been a, a bland and not an entertaining season because it's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster, and you know right now it's been good enough, Dom, for them to sit in first place in the division. All right, we got just over a minute and a half done before our final break. Let's try and recap one more game. Let's just briefly touch upon the good old Baltimore Ravens defeating yeah. Jacksonville in Jacksonville. This is a game where Trevor Lawrence needed to step up to the yeah. plate and deliver. Agreed. Agreed. And as usual, I always have a question mark on this guy because when push comes to serve and you're facing elite competition, he chokes. And it's no knock on the guy. He's a great quarterback. He's probably above average. But again, in this football game, I don't know, man. There's a lot of throws that I was just questioning Trevor Lawrence. It really was. Uh, he scrambled four times for 41 yards, trying to save himself here and there. I think uh, the fact that Travis and San obviously is going to have a difficult time running against the Ravens. Everyone does. It's the Ravens' D. This, it's always been a, a very stellar D. But what are your thoughts, William? Uh, Baltimore took this football game. Basically, it was a Lamar Jackson show. As yeah. usual, this guy, he should be obviously in the MVP candidate as well. He's, he's yeah. always a, a decent guy to talk about. But what are your thoughts quickly about Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to make the playoffs? And if so, do you have any faith in Jacksonville whatsoever? You know what it was, Dom? It's so tough because if you look at this football game, if you watch this game and you know you close your eyes at, at the last play of each drive in that first half, you think, okay, this team's going to have at least 20 points. They missed two field goals. Lawrence popped the ball off. Another, you know, they had four drives in that first half. And then they had the, the tackle there where I don't know why Lawrence threw that football in the field of play, got tackled. Time right now. They had zero points at halftime when they should have at least, at least, had let, I'm going to say at least 10 points at that point. They didn't. They had zero. So it's stuff like that. Great football teams find ways to score when they need to, right? They find ways to finish off drives. And unfortunately, Jacksonville hasn't shown to be a great team. They're a good team. They're not a great team. So do I trust them? I don't. And I don't expect them to make a Super Bowl run. I know it's a popular-ish pick uh, at one point, you know, in preseason and maybe throughout the season. But no, I, you're asking me honestly, I don't trust the Jags. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. But, you know, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, it's this is a make-or-break season for him i i don't know if jacksonville if they're smart they have good front office they should reevaluate the quarterback position like most teams in the nfl constantly evaluate your quarterback position but right now i'm sorry the quarterback needs to be consistent and trevor lawrence just is not enough consistent for my liking 
Very well said, Dom. Very well said. All right, folks, let's quickly recap what happened in week 15 before we jump into our week 16 games. Dom, we talked so much about close and back and forth games. We didn't even talk about the Raiders. 63-point performance over the Chargers. They went 63-21. to LA, Dom, I'm going to give you the table. Your buddy, your favorite, Brian Staley. I know you were itching, itching uh, to have the Steelers uh, sign him as, as a coach heading into the offseason. I'm not sure that's going to happen. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Staley getting fired by the Chargers? <laughs> <laughs> I am so frigging happy that finally it took 63 points to be put on the board. But finally, Brandon Staley is gone i know one guy that is happy right now he won't admit it but that's justin herbert sitting at home saying to himself next year is my year and it will be now that staley's gone look out justin herbert will rise back up and be the elite quarterback that he is meant to be so can't wait to see that next year and this guy other guy i've already forgot his name will be (laughs) Staley's Daily. Ah, Staley. We'll be going to the college football ranks where he belongs. Hey, you, you said Justin Herbert was happy. We'll be happy. I'm sure he is. But I, my bet is you were just a little bit happier than he was. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next up, we've got uh, your Steelers losing to the Colts 30-13 on Saturday. We also got the Lions winning over the Broncos on Saturday 42-17. to No Tyreek. No problem. Waddle goes off. 30 to zip. The Dolphins win over the New York Jets. Kansas City wins by 10 against the Patriots. Uh, the New York Giants put up a stinker. DeVito wasn't meant to be in this one. They lose 24 to 6. The Panthers win 9 to 7 over the Falcons, get their second win of the season in what was a rainy affair. Rams 28 to 20 over the uh, Commanders. I'm telling you, folks, watch out for those Rams. And that was it for week 15. Let's jump into our week 16 games. Games happening tonight. Speaking of those LA Rams, we got the LA Rams hosting the New Orleans Saints. Dom, we got the Rams favored by four. Yeah, we're gonna have to find out if Chris Olave plays in this football game. Yeah. That is gonna be the X factor. He didn't play last week, but the Saints found a way to win. The spread is four for the Rams. The Saints are not good on the road. I'm going with the Rams here, William. I'm jumping on the Rams bandwagon. You put them in front of me. I'm jumping on. Rams take this football game 28-24. to 24. I'm jumping on with you. And this is a big game for both teams. You look at the Saints, 7-7. Seven and seven, They're battling not only for their playoff lives, but still have a chance in the division. Obviously, Rams don't have a shot at the division, but have a realistic shot at the wild card. You know, who wants this game more? I'm going to go with the veteran, Matt Stafford, guys like Cooper Cup. And I think they continue to, to roll. I'm going to go 30-21, but no score, LA Rams. Next up, Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we got our fair share of Saturday games again. Oh, man, this is exciting. Pittsburgh in this game is at home. They're underdogs by two and a half. I'm going to go with Cincinnati winning and covering. I like what I see Browning. Like I said, I'm getting those vibes back of Nick Foles and the 2017 Eagles. I'm going to go... Cincinnati wins this game. Final score, 29-16 to 16 over Pittsburgh. I'm actually going to shock you here, William. The Steelers are starting Mason Rudolph in this yep. football game. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is <laughs> uh, coming in Pittsburgh right at the right time. He will deliver a victory, believe it or not, against wow. those Bengals. They take this football game 24-20. to 20. 
Yeah, I like that. Two days before Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, that'll be a good one, a shocker. Steelers, both teams still have a lot to play for. Uh, later that evening, Saturday, we got the Bills at the Chargers. Buffalo favored by 11.5. We know Herbert is gone for the year. Uh, this spread is big, but I think the Buffalo Bills win and cover. They run away with this one easily, easily. I'm going to go final score 43-10 to 10, Buffalo, Dominic. I, I don't see it being close. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I think... Stephon Diggs has been quiet, but he will not be quiet with the Chargers' dreadful secondary. The Bills will blow out the Chargers 52-13. to 13. Oh, Holy cow. All right, Sunday games, Christmas Eve, Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Falcons. We got the Colts favored by two. This is a tough football game, believe yeah. it or not. Atlanta is going to be playing desperate, desperate football. Spreads by two. I'm going to say the Colts going to win this football game, but they're not going to cover the spread. Give me the Annapolis Colts 21 to 20. Oof. I'm going to go Colts 2017 in overtime here. I do think this will be a close game as well. Uh, I love it. Are you two teams late in the season battling for their playoff lives? That's some good football. All right. Next up, we've got the Green Bay Packers at the Carolina Panthers. Packers favored by four and a half. A get right back, a get back right game for the Packers. I think so. Is it too little too late? Maybe, maybe not, but I think they win this game, and I do think that they're going to cover the spread. Jordan Love has a good game. Uh, I'm going to go final score here, 27-13 to 13, Green Bay. I think this is going to be a nail-biter. I think the Panthers have been waiting and waiting for another victory for a long time, and right now that locker room is filling it, but they will lose in overtime against the Packers, 23-20. to 20. All right, next up, man, speaking of teams battling for their playoff lives, we've got the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Texans at home, favored by two and a half. Does C.J. Stroud play? We don't know at this point. Oh, man. I'm still going to go with the Texans in this one. You know, they're home. They found a way with Case Keenum, sorry, Case Keenum last week. Uh, it may be a Keenum versus Flacco game as we record this. It's uh, Monday for Dom and I. That'd be pretty cool. I think either way, Texans find a way to win a football game. Uh, they're at home, and I think they win and just, just cover. Final score, 24-21 Texans. As much as I love the Joe Flacco story, and I do love it, this game's in Texas, and it's going to be loud, and I honestly think C.J. Stroud comes back. The Texans will win this football game 35-30. to 30. Well, high scoring, I like that. Next up, Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. We got Seattle favored by two and a half. Yeah, this should be a no-brainer, and I'm going to go with it. But the Titans, you just never know with those Titans at home. I'm calling Seattle to win an ugly football game, 17-14. You know what? I'm on that Drew Lock bandwagon right now, and they had a heck of a performance there in the comeback. It may not be an absolute barn burn of an affair. He may not put up four touchdowns, but I'm going to go with Drew Lock in this one uh, over the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go final score here. Give me a 27 to 14 for the Seattle Seahawks. Next up, we got the Washington Commanders at the New York Jets. Jets favored by three. Oof, I'm going Washington in this one, man. Like the the Jets did not look good against Miami. Look, I know it's Miami, but there was absolutely no O-line protection for the Jets. Uh, there isn't either for the Commanders. This could be a total of 20 sacks in this game. You got Howell, most sack quarterback in the NFL. Then you got whoever's going to quarterback for the Jets in this one. Very much sacked. Uh, quite a bit as well. I'm going to go with the Commanders 21-18 to 18 here uh, in what should be a sack fest. Yeah, I've been not impressed with either of these coaches, and I think they both should be 
you know, on the way out next year, let's hope well, that's what I'm hoping for, because quite frankly, it's been a disaster for both franchises. No excuses. I'm going to call the Jets. The Jets are going to win this football game and an ugly game, probably a defense defensive game. I'm going to say 20 to 10 for the New York Jets. All right, next up, we got a battle of division rivals, Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Lions favored by three. Oh, this is a tough one, William. Yeah, this is. Huge this divisional is. game. You know, Minnesota should have won last week. And for whatever reason right now, why is Detroit one week amazing, the next week yeah. bad? One week amazing, the next week bad. I'm going to say that trend continues. Give me Minnesota at home to wow. win in overtime 26-20. to 20. Uh, I, look, we saw the good Jared Goff last week. I think we're going to see the good Jared Goff again this week. I'm going to go 33-27. Potential game of the week here. Uh, honestly, you got uh, you know Lions battling for uh, for still the the chance uh, to get the uh, the top overall seed. You got the Minnesota Vikings there battling for their playoff lives. A good game, a shootout with the Lions coming up on top by six. Next up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oof, good game. Jacksonville favored by one. Who do I got in this one? Oh, give me Jacksonville. Oh, this is a close game. Give me Jacksonville. I know Tampa Bay's at home. I got Battle of Florida here, so probably quite a few Jags fans in Tampa Bay. But yes, I think that the game will be as close as the spread indicates. I'm going to go 24-22 final score for Jacksonville. Yeah, I just don't understand what happened to Calvin Ridley against the Ravens. I was yeah. expecting so much more out of him. I think he's going to get off in this football game. That's going to be the X factor. Give me Jacksonville to win it 24 to 20. All right. Next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys at the Miami Dolphins. Miami's favored by one and a half at home. Yeah, this is the toughest one to call all week. Uh -huh. I've been flipping back and forth. You know, Tyreek Hill, if I'm Miami, if I'm, yeah, my, if I'm Miami, sit Tyreek Hill again. Let the Dolphins lose this football game. I know it's who who says you play to win the game, but unfortunately, just sit Tyreek Hill. Dallas will take this football game. They take it 35 to 13. My trend of picking the Dolphins every single week will continue. And uh, look, I really do think Tyreek plays in this game. I, you know, it, it may potentially be the wise decision to sit in. Miami's battling them for, for the AFC East, and they don't want to drop a game here. Christmas Eve, 425. Lights will be bright. I think Tyreek Hill plays, and I think this will be a good game. Uh, but I do think that the Dolphins will come out on top. I'm going to go final score 29-25 for those Miami Dolphins. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Chicago Bears. Chicago favored by four and a half. Give me Arizona. I don't know if you want to call us an upset, but yeah, give me the cards in this one. Look, Chicago could very well have that first overall pick come uh, next. Uh, this draft coming up this year, what will they do? My gut tells me they're going to stick with Justin Fields. You maybe take uh, Marvin Harrison, draft O-line. Uh, look, I, you got to go for Caleb Williams. That's just my opinion. And yeah, I, I think that you know, Fields has a decent game here, but Kyler Murray outplays him. I'm going to go uh, at Arizona winning this game. Final score, 23-19 Cardinals. Yeah, the Bears. This is another team that... I, I really thought that the Bears were going to finish strong. And that defense is the defense that I thought they were going to be from the very get-go. So all that being said, the problem is their head coach does not know how to call offensive plays. And I think that Justin Fields was right from the very get-go of the season when he called out his coaching staff. 
this coaching staff better leave because Fields is actually a good QB and I want them to get Harrison. And I think that would be amazing to see DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison, and Justin Fields. That would be a Chicago Bears potential Super Bowl. That being said, in this football game, the Bears will smack the Cardinals uh, 35 to 3. Woof. Well, all right. Next up, we got the New England Patriots at the Denver Broncos. Denver favored by six and a half in this one. Denver didn't look good last week. Uh, I think they look a little bit better this week. I think they itch out of victory, or it's the inch out of victory over the, the uh, New England Patriots. Low scoring game. I'm going to go 17 14 Broncos. The Patriots are just the laughing stock of the NFL, and it's just beautiful to watch on a weekly basis. Yes, I'm not is. giving them no love in this football game. I want to see Bill Belichick walk out and just be gone with a nice losing season like this. Broncos take it 17-3. to three. All right, next up, Merry Christmas. Christmas matchup, 1 o'clock. We got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City favored by 10. Yeah, Kansas City's tuning themselves up really perfectly for the playoffs but they're gonna have to feed the ball to kelsey we haven't seen him in a little while we'll see him in this football game kansas city will massacre the raiders 35 to 14. you know something tells me the raiders keep it close a little bit throughout the, the course of this game just like the patriots did and yeah, the other chiefs will eventually pull away spreads a little high i'm gonna go chiefs win don't cover final score 29 to 20 and Kadarius Tony getting two touchdowns in this game. He will not drop a ball in this one. Shocker. All right, continuing with our Christmas games. New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles favored by 10 and a half. Yeah, the Eagles, this is the perfect recipe to get back to their winning ways. But they won't cover the spread because, you know, Brian Dable has been doing a great job as of late. The Eagles take it 24 to 13. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think the Eagles uh, do win the, this game. Um, but I think it's going to be a little closer than that 10.5. Uh, I'll go final score. Maybe a bit of a sluggish game. 19-13 to 13 here for those Philadelphia Eagles. They definitely do need to win this game. Uh, or, man, <laughs> you better believe there's going to be uh, some uh, panic buttons being pressed in Philadelphia if they lose this game. Last but not least, to, re to end our Week 16, we got a potential Super Bowl matchup. Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers favored by five and a half in this one. Give me game of the week. Give me a game as good as advertised. The 49ers winning this game. They don't cover. I'm going to go final score 31 to 29. The 49ers hit a game winning field goal as time expired. And they show why they are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very, very conservative game. Not a lot of chances. People not wanting to get hurt and surviving to the playoffs. That being said, that favors, believe it or not, Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar will be the X factor in this football game. And he will beat the San Francisco 49ers. 17-10 wow. in a nice little old school football game with Lamar putting on a show in the fourth quarter. And now give me some fireworks. I don't want no old school nonsense. Give me a shootout. All our young bucks like high scoring games, 48, <laughs> 47th. That's the game I want to watch. All right, folks, thank you for tuning into this episode of the power hour. Merry Christmas to, uh, to everyone. And uh, yes, thank you for, uh, for being with us throughout the holiday season. We're going to still continue to do our show and yes, have a very Merry Christmas. And yes, once again, 
Without you guys, there is no show. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. You were listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.